everyone. Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Well, we're, we're chugging towards the end, David, I think. Yeah, it's uh, one way or the other. We are approaching the end of the season, whether we have already reached it, I guess, is uh, to be determined, right. um, or whether it'll maybe go past the January or uh, December 31st date that we expected to be the final day of the season is still to be determined. But uh, yes, we are approaching the end. Um, if all goes according to plan, Miami uh, will be in El Paso. I guess this time next week, uh, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Obviously, the Sun Bowl is currently scheduled for December 31st, Miami and Washington State. Um, but plans, as they often do in these COVID times, are changing um, Miami now with double digit positive cases. Uh, you and, and Barry have been reporting on it all week. Barry Jackson, our colleague at the Herald. Um, we don't know who, we don't know if it's a position group hit really hard. We, we don't know really any of the details. We just know that they're having an uptick in cases, like a lot of places, a lot of teams are dealing with. Um, and it has already had a material effect on the program um, that they were supposed to practice, do a, uh, like a normal practice on Tuesday instead that they moved in to change that into a walkthrough, uh, which was kind of the first inkling we got that something was up. Um, and then I guess the biggest piece of, of information here is that Miami, what were they, were they scheduled to travel Monday to El Paso? Was that the plan? No, Sunday. Sunday. Christmas. They were supposed to, yeah, the day after Christmas, they were supposed to fly to El Paso. They pushed that back now uh, to what Thursday? Is that the latest they're they're planning on now? Yeah, they're 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 going the day, day before, before the game. Yeah, day before. So, so, uh, so obviously, uh, it's it's serious enough to, to change the plans. Um, it's serious enough to change the practice routine. Um, but as you reported, they met with the Sun Bowl. Uh, Committee, and I don't know. We say meet with the Sun Bowl, but obviously it's uh, it's some people, not not a the couple bowl. officials. They, yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah. executive director, the uh, the chairman of the football committee, the peop- the two or three uh, top people in charge. Um, so yeah, they 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 met a couple times. They met twice on Wednesday in conference calls. You know, they met on Tuesday. This all kind of it all came out on on Tuesday, right? Um, and you know about Miami. Um, and I, the thing is that the, you know, as as with all COVID, but especially this, uh, you know, the Omicron is um, very contagious. Yes. So um, you know, it, it spreads very very fast, and and that that that's how you you just don't know how many kids so like there was a certain amount on tuesday and then we found out it increased on wednesday and um and they went to they announced the protocol on tuesday um but who knows like who by the time you listen to this on friday or over the weekend uh yeah how many kids were affected right all right yeah it just multiplies kind of thing so and usually it's position groups and yeah, a lot of times it's position groups, you know, so we we really don't know specifically who has it, but we do know that those people also coaches, 
we haven't found out about coaches. What about the coaches? You know? So, um, because other programs have had, I guess Alabama announced, right, that they had a couple coaches that had COVID. And it's just, uh, it's like wildfire now. So, as of now, um, as, of, as of Thursday, late, like early evening, late afternoon, Miami says they're going, but they've been very quiet today. So, I, I, I don't know about today, what, you know, what's happening. And we're, we're just going to have to take it day by day, really. Yeah, I mean, they can't know either, right? That's that's the thing is right now they are expecting, you know, if, if if this doesn't spread at all from where they're currently at, it sounds like they'll be going, right? Let's We don't know the number. Let's say it's just 17 right now. Uh, just throwing out a random number in the double digits. It sounds like they would be going if, if that's the situation. But obviously, if that turns into 35 or 40 or something, then they're not going to go probably. Or if, or if it turns out to be, you know, 12 offensive linemen. Right. Yeah. The lineman is typically the, the position group that they, they, they had a rule last year, right? You had to have seven active offensive linemen. Seven. Yeah. I, but well, yeah. So we, there's just so much we don't know now. And if they're in protocol, you know, we'll, we'll see who's I'm, I'm, I'm I am told that some guys were asymptomatic. Uh, we'll just right. have to see. Yeah, that's the other part of it, right? You mentioned that the Omicron variant is very contagious, but it's also um, not typically, it's typically is causing more asymptomatic cases, um, especially with vaccinated. We know Miami, at least 85% of the team has been vaccinated. Um, we don't know how many boosted. I saw Michigan is doing a, a team booster. Yeah, outing. that's great. Um, so yep. uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, and obviously the the testing policies are not as stringent as they were last year where the ACC required what they, I think they had to get tested two or three times a week. I don't remember what they ultimately wound up at. Um, yeah. So it's not quite as stringent where you're getting tested every day. It's more like if you're a close contact or have symptoms. Um, so it, it's all up in the air. You see it obviously in, you know, in every sports league right now, right? The NBA is, is trying to figure out the best way to deal, deal with it. The NFL uh, changing some of their policies um, to test, I think, a little less frequently with the back or yeah, less frequently with asymptomatic people. Um, NHL obviously shut things down a little bit. So everyone, uh, it, it, because the Omicron variant is so new, um, it kind of feels, I don't want to say it feels like the beginning of COVID because obviously it's, people are vaccinated now. It's, oh. it's less deadly than, than it was at the start of the pandemic, but just the uncertainty is kind of back that it was at the beginning of the pandemic where it was like, we don't know exactly the best way to trace this and prevent outbreaks. Um, and, and it's highly, yeah. it's more contagious yeah, than the, more contagious. the other stuff, like super contagious. Right. And I do know people, I know someone personally, a young, somebody in their thir- mid thirties um, who just, who just got it. Uh, yeah. He was, he had his booster in early November. So after the two sh- regular sh- shots, right. so. Um, and was pretty bad off, by the way. Yeah. I think he's better now. But um, yeah, so we'll have to see. I, what's interesting is the bowl really, really, of course, the bowl, El Paso, this is their thing. This is their one big thing all year. This is, they work on this all year and they're a great host. Yeah. It's a great bowl, second oldest bowl, 88 years old, only, only the Rose Bowl is oldest. It's really a fun bowl in the middle of a place that um's like not used to that kind of place and right they 
all love Miami. The people there, uh, they're they're really into Miami. Yeah, well, it's a, it's definitely the biggest like brand, quote unquote, they can get. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, El Paso, big big Hispanic population. I think there's a little yes. bit of uh, like. Um, like very big, like, well, like, yes, obviously it's like, incre- like right. 80, what, it's basically, what, you know, it's across 80. the border from Juarez, Mexico. Like it is, uh, yeah, it's across, so, you know, they, it's like, I feel like they, they feel like some solidarity with Miami, right. Where it's the, the, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's different. It's typically different, uh, countries of origin where, you know, Mexico, right. it's all it's Mexican Mex- basically right. in El Paso here, yeah. Venezuelan, uh, Cuban, Puerto Rican, you know, it's, it's everywhere, but I, I think there is kind of that solidarity with the El Paso and uh, and Miami a little bit. It abs- absolutely is, and the the chairman he told me, I think he, I think he told me like eighty seven percent of the people there were, were Hispanic in some way, <clears throat> and um, and they love UM. Yep. You know, the two times UM played there, they they feel that they're selling tickets like crazy, and they just, I just. For their sake, I really hope everything works out. Yeah. So what's the latest we think they can go to like put off a decision and, and know like obviously they gotta be practicing, so they, right? Is, I, is this the kind know, of thing where we might get to Thursday and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, no game. Or, or that would be terrible. I, no, I think it would be earlier. Don't you? It feels I like mean, it's gotta basically be well, because when is Washington they're it's... probably still supposed to go out Sunday, right? Washington State. So it feels like we gotta know pretty soon because they're not going to send Washington state out there and then not have a game. Right. That's what I think. Uh, although I, I think personally, I thought it was going to be like Thursday that you might have to know. And it's still, you know, it's late at, it's early evening now, but um, I thought because Christmas is coming up, right. Uh, I, they were supposed to, UM was going to let the guys go home Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas and then then the ones could come back I think and go on a, like a charter with the whole team on Sunday uh, originally or they could probably because the NCA usually allows you to go you know if you're home with your family right. you could usually get some kind of stipend or some kind of money to, for travel the thing is I I don't I'm pretty sure that the, they're, they're well I don't know if, I think they're hoping to get practices in. They haven't practiced before today. They had practiced twice. Yeah. And I can't imagine them practicing today either, by the way, the right way. I think they had been going in and lifting at different yeah, doing times. Doing some walkthrough, but yeah, no. Remember? Yeah. Remember during the pandemic or early before the 2020 season when they, Manny Diaz would have like some guys practice in the morning, remember right. some guys in the afternoon. I think that's maybe what they're doing. Like, were like lifting at different times they're having um virtual i think like virtual meetings and maybe even walkthroughs a lot of virtual but you need to pra- get your body practicing right so i thought the so the original question is when's the la- latest i mean uh I, yeah i would wouldn't you think like christmas by i don't know that's what i would think that they've got to know and and maybe the team could get somebody else. Although that would be asking a lot too. Maybe the bowl could get somebody else. Like Washington State, it's not obviously it's not as well. No, it's far. It's far. Yeah, I don't. I I I would think sooner than later uh, that they'd have to know. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would guess by the end of the weekend, probably they have to have a night. They have to know if, if they're definitely not going right. I mean, they could always get to Tuesday and then have another out, like an, some an unrelated outbreak, right? If they get this one under control, it doesn't guarantee that you're not going to have another one. But yeah, right. I would think by, by by Sunday, by the time that um, Washington State leaves, like they they got to really have an idea. Um, or have a backup plan in place, right? Like we're seeing Rutgers is going to fill in for, for Texas A&M, right. I guess, at the Gator Bowl. Um, the NCAA is, I guess, has a rule where you can push a bowl game back as late as January 10th if teams need extra time to prepare. So I guess that could be a possibility too if, if they had to push I, it first, January 2nd. But um, yeah, I don't think that would happen. I think that's more. I think that's more for for a replacement team, right. Where a team could come in, let's say Miami has to pull out. And uh, I think it would be, I think it goes in order of APR among the five and seven teams. So whatever that next five and seven team is. Right. If they needed a week to, to practice, they could push it back and give Washington. So Washington state doesn't lose a game. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it feels like, like I said, by the end of the weekend, uh, we've got I don't think, to have an idea. Yeah. I don't, I haven't, I have to. I have to look at that. I. I mean. I. I only see the college football playoff. Uh, but whatever. I. You know. Um, and the January tenth. That would be surprising to me if they played bowls the same day. Well, I don't think they would go. I don't think they'd play games on January tenth. But they would maybe play January 9th or eighth, seventh. You know, it just gives. That's the cutoff date that you're allowed to push a bowl back to. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. I, I think I think it was amazing the rule that the college football playoff made that we we're all really kind of laughing about in a way was that yeah. was that if 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 a team has to can't play because of COVID, um, then you know then it's they forfeit right, and then the other team automatically gets in let's say in, a, in, a, in the semifinal the other team gets into the championship yeah. but in the championship game if there were two if there was only one team left in the ch- and that team was okay to play the championship but everybody else had COVID then that team would be named the national championship champion which is really kind of funny we we're all talking about that yeah. can you how embarrassing that is! Oh my god, yeah, that'd be terrible. There's no way that'll happen. I, I know that's the rule they say. I can't imagine that would happen. They, they would, they would figure it out a better way to do it. I can't be how they do it. But um, for a bowl game like the Sun Bowl, I, I don't think they they care as much. Obviously, no, me neither. So, um, but you got to feel for the Sun Bowl because last year they didn't have their game. But they knew they weren't going to have their game, just like a lot of bowls had the option of canceling because they knew they were forewarned and they were given the option. So, but that would be really sad anyway. Yeah. So we will, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, or we're going to record kind of a more thorough, I guess, preview of the Sun Bowl if, if the Sun Bowl is going to happen. But yeah, by next, by the time we record next week, obviously we'll have a much clearer idea. It's weird to like, we're a week away from this game and, um, if this game happens, we have no idea who's going to be available. Now, I guess the one thing is, you know, these, the, the first positive cases, let's assume they were probably the Monday, right? Tuesday was the day we found out. Um, the, yeah. 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 10 day quarantine window, um, which is kind of the standard procedure, obviously, which, which, com- be, 
would right. let them out in time for the game. So right in time. If right. so, uh, those kids. But the new right. ones. So the thing is, whoever is testing positive today, yesterday, tomorrow, those guys probably are not going to be able to play. But um, it does. You know, if, if this if this story had happened today, right? If, if today was the day that we were all these guys were first testing positive, the game would be in real danger, right? Because you assume the cases are going to keep going at like exponential growth. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah. A lot of guys still in quarantine through December 31st. The fact that it happened at the start of this week, um, I think gives it a, a, a chance. I don't know how good a chance um, or how bad a chance, but it makes it possible that we get this game in next week in some capacity. I mean, who knows who the quarterback's going to be? Who knows how many yeah, lines? That's a, thing. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of weird, isn't it, David? It's like, they haven't practiced. They yeah. really haven't, like we said, and they're not. Yeah, I mean, they got to be able to practice next week. If they can't practice next week, it's going to be tough to play. Yeah, they and who, like we said, we who hopefully Tyler's fine, but who knows? We don't know about any position players. It's you know, uh, it doesn't even feel it feels so disjointed from the season. It just feels like an outlier or something. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a bowl game can always kind of feel like that. And the fact that they made it through this season, as far as we know, with no positive cases, you know, it's always possible that someone missed a game and we don't we didn't know why it was and it, it was right. related um, or maybe missed some of camp or whatever. But, um, yeah, the, the fact it feels, you know, like you said, like we got through the whole season, COVID was basically a non-issue this college football season and um, it, it's popped back up again. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, uh, let's wrap things up by uh, talking a little more recruiting. Uh, obviously, we did our big signing day wrap-up show last week. Um, and then, you know, just a few hours after we posted Miami, we got one more big recruiting haul, flipping Jaleel Skinner uh, from Alabama, four-star tight end from IMG Academy, originally from Greer, South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. He took an well, he took two official visits to Miami, took one in the summer for Paradise Camp. Um, and then was back again right before the early signing period because of a rule that lets guys uh, take a second official visit to the same school um, as long if, if there's a coaching change, a head coaching change that takes place. Um, once Jaleel Skinner was on campus, I, I think there was uh, looked like there's a pretty good chance that he was going to flip to Miami because Nick Saban, as I think I mentioned last week, does not like when guys who are committed take official visits elsewhere. So you don't do you don't mess around with that unless you're really giving it some thought. Um, Miami, though, all week, I think, going into 
when he Jaleel finally made his decision on Thursday uh, and obviously committed on Friday. Um, they were really, you know, didn't know for sure one way or the other, which way he was going to go. I think the consensus around the team was like 50, 50 shot uh, tough to, to take down Goliath being Goliath being Alabama. Um, right. It's a, I mean, it's the biggest recruiting win for Mario Cristobal so far, right? Flipping a guy from Alabama and a guy that, Alabama really wanted, you know, this guy is arguably the best tight end in the country um, is uh, as good as, as last week was and Wednesday was, and you get Nigel e. Kelly and you keep all the, the big, big guns in the class. You know, we, we wrote on Wednesday about how kind of positive and that, that signing day went, um, you know, if it was an A, it's an A plus now, because you get a guy like Jaleel Skinner in the class unexpectedly. Um, that's the kind of thing that the Mario Cristobal can do. And, and a guy who's not from Florida either, right? He, he goes national, which Miami always recruits tight ends nationally, but um, that's obviously part of the promise of Mario Cristobal is he's going to go get guys from, from wherever they might be. Yeah, and it's a, it's a coup. It's, yeah. it's, it's great for Mario. Just like you said, if you can get it almost as much as a kid himself, the idea that you're taking something away from Alabama and apparently Alabama was panicked, right? And calling and stuff that, that uh, you know, coaches were nervous. I either read or heard, or did you write that? And that we're, we're calling. Um, I wrote that, but yeah, I mean, they, they want yeah, like, Sometimes Miami, Miami has gotten guys who were getting recruited by Alabama before, but they were guys that basically, you know, Miami, like Alabama, they were not high on the priority list for Alabama. So Miami was able to get them. Um, and Julius also, Skinner, what like he you said, said is number one side in the country. And yeah, and his his little tweet, you know, the social media thing he wrote, saying, you know, thanking the Alabama coaches, it was almost worse. And but saying he just couldn't, he fell in love with Mario or UM or whatever. It was kind of like, oops, to Alabama, you know. Yeah. He was thanking Alabama and saying, kind of, he's sorry, but he just couldn't help it. Yeah. Whatever. It was it was it, it, it was a win 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 for Miami and, um, and Mario was good. Yeah, yeah. I talked uh, pretty extensively with his position coach from from Greer High School in South Carolina, where he was before uh, he went to IMG this last year. Um, just kind of about you know what happened, like you know this coach very close with, with Julio. Like used to they live kind of in the same neighborhood, so he used to drive him to practice. Uh, when they, before he went to IMG. So, you know, they're very close. And the way that he basically painted it is like, he obviously liked Miami. You know, he came to Paradise Camp. Miami was in his final group. Um, he also really liked Mario Cristobal, um, but he was not, as I think he put it, like, not going to go across the country to Mario Cristobal um, as much as he liked him. He was not going to go to Oregon. So once right. Mario got to Miami, it was kind of like the match worked out pretty perfectly. Um, you know, I talked to Jaleel back in September, maybe. He, the, IMG played at American Heritage. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, the one thing he had mentioned to me was how much he liked that Paradise Camp. You know, talked to David Njoku, got to meet Michael Irvin. Um, he's got a relationship with Greg Olson because he plays for Cam Newton seven on seven team. Um, so they've met through there. Um, I think it just kind of all worked out perfectly where, you know, they needed. Miami had that appeal, right? It has the appeal of being in Miami. It has the, the alumni thing. It has the tight end you thing, which all appeals. Um, but to get those elite guys, right, those elite national guys, the reason everyone says is Miami just has to win. They have to, to show they can compete at the highest level. 
And, you know, Mario still got to prove it. Um, and every new coach gets that little bump where they get to sell their vision, their untainted vision yeah. to guys. But, but Mario does have that cachet that, you know, no offense to Manny Diaz, uh, when he got hired, he did not have. Um, you know, Mario can take it if he has a couple losing seasons. But for right now, um, you can see the way that the, that typical new coach smell you get that, that gets you a good recruiting class um, is paying off for Mario. And, and because he is that next level of reputation and just recruiting ability, uh, however indefinable that might be, um, is it, it's that extra bump, right? Like when Manny Diaz is getting here, they were getting four star guys, right? They were getting uh, top 300 prospects, you know, top 250 guys. Mario's getting top 100 guys. He, Miami did not have a single top 100 recruit committed, um, according right. to 24 7 composite rankings um, before Wednesday. And then they get Nigel Lee Kelly on Wednesday and they get Jaleel Skinner on Friday. And, and they're going to get, they're going to get more, right, David? They're going to get right. more. Right. I mean, that's, it seems like Kevin Coleman. Um, yeah, not reporting anything, obviously, but a uh, couple crystal balls come in on 24-7 from some of the, you know, Steve Wilfong, who's like their most plugged-in national guy, um, which seems like a pretty good sign. I mean, I've, I've kind of thought that Miami was going to get him for a little while. Uh, looked like he was an Oregon lean, um, and now mm-hmm. he's Oregon not in his top group anymore. He's got Miami in his top group, so I don't know. That seems kind of self-explanatory. Um, got to announce at the All-American Bowl on January 8th, um, and you could see, you know, all, all the guys in this recruiting class or, and even some of the freshmen were all tweeting like, oh, not done yet, which is, all, you know, it's kind of the, uh, the, the swirling hurricane, right? Where That's a they know something, they know something's <laughs> up. Uh, so it seems like, you know, he and Cyrus Moss are both scheduled to announce on January 8th. Um, we'll see if Miami can reel both of them in. Um, obviously, that would be massive. Um, but feels like there's, you know, there's another top 100 addition to this class on the way and, and probably one of them at, the, at this point it's hard to hard to bet against Mario Cristobal right now it is and they're probably going to get uh transfer portal guys still yeah. um so I mean they 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 got like Lichtenstein am I saying it right either Lichtenstein or Lichtenstein I would guess Lichtenstein but who knows yeah Lichtenstein that's, that's how you pronounce the country I think right <laughs> I well We'll see. I mean, I and there's some other ones that they're in the, you know, they're they're in the hunt for. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think all in all, it's going to be a success. I I don't think, uh, as you said, I don't think he can get away with two losing seasons. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's well, he's he's going to be around. Nothing right. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get fired, but it becomes a lot harder to sell a vision of oh, he's gonna, what we have he's building gonna. when you're not. Oh, he's gonna get he'll get just crushed by fans. <laughs> by, he's got a 10-year contract. <laughs> what? He's got a 10-year contract though, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Year two, uh, year one, okay. Year two, good luck. Yeah. Um uh we'll see that we'll see that schedule's gonna come out sometime in January, usually does with the ACC. And you know, Miami had a great schedule this year. They had like a perfect schedule uh, next year. I don't, I don't know how that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the interesting thing that you're, you're just looking at some of the transfers they are going after some of the positions they are going after. It kind of gives you, uh-huh. you know, a couple of times we've talked to Mario, he's always like the, the first step is evaluate your own roster. Right. 
Um, right. It gives you kind of a window of what he thinks is needed on this roster. Um, you see defensive line has been a, a big priority. Well, Cyrus Moss, obviously. Sure. You know, they're going after Shamar Stewart, five-star from Pace, Monsignor Pace. Who they were going after, like, that's just, he's a local five-star. You go after him. I don't think, but you mentioned Jake Lichtenstein and defensive lineman. They're going, uh, they've added. Um, right. Jason Jones, right, from Oregon. Oregon. Uh, another defensive line. Yeah. You, you can kind of see, um, he feels like, I think, it seems like he feels like they're missing that, like, one stud defensive end, which is something we obviously talked about kind of a lot last year. And obviously they're graduating a couple guys too, DeAndre Johnson, uh, John Ford. Um, so, and even at what his, at his signing press conference, right. He's like oh, one more elite defensive end, basically, I think was like the way he put it one elite edge rusher. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see him kind of, it's, it's a window into what he thinks of this roster, where he thinks they need to improve. Um, and defensive line is clearly like, at the top of that list, it seems like. Yeah, he's always going to go after D, uh, offensive linemen and right and defensive linemen, which is what he said uh, for Mario. Uh, he's he's right. That's where it all starts. Yep. Um, a couple others you mentioned, uh, Frank Ladson, another local guy. They're going after. It seems like a wide receiver, uh, original wide receiver. from yep. South State. Seems like you know wide receiver. Obviously, they're got a lot of good talented young guys that we saw last year but that's another spot you know they're losing their top tier receivers so it makes sense to make another addition there um sure especially with that quarterback who yeah that, you know who wouldn't want to be a wide receiver at miami i would yeah so. you know, cornerback was another one the marcus banks thing where all the signs were pointing to him going to miami and then he yeah. to mississippi state at the last minute um that was interesting it feels like Miami would probably like to add another corner. Uh, so it's just given us kind of a window. It's kind of the same positions we've all been talking about for a long time, right? D-line, O-line, cornerback. Uh, the one interesting thing, no linebackers, right? I haven't seen like any linebacker buzz out there. Yeah. Considering that's a position that I think everyone was like, the consensus was that's the worst position on the team. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it has been. You would think – Somebody, some yeah. great. But the uh, one thing is they're not losing anyone there, right? You've got Keontras coming back. You've got um, Steed coming back. You've got Flag coming back. Um, and I think they really like Wesley Besaint, obviously. Um, right. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting that they're not trying to take a big swing at a, at a linebacker. And, I'm, you know, I don't know what the portal looks like right now. I don't know. Maybe there's just not that guy out there. But it is interesting that that's just – it's like one position. It feels like every other position there's, like, been some buzz – you know, wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive, linemen, defensive backs. We've, we've heard it all, yeah, um, but we've true. not heard uh, linebacker really out there at all. No, we haven't. And, yeah, still waiting. Uh, yeah, it's, it just feels like a while, right, since, they, since like, the, the, the trio, you know, the shock trio. Oh, my God. It's been a long time now. Yeah, it's been a really long time. So, uh, and he, he, even before that. They had some big ones. So, um, yeah, I would uh, I would think that some really good linebacker would want to come to Miami. Miami still seems like a real attractive place to play. And now with Mario and then pumping all this money into everything, why not? Yeah, and that is another one. You know, I did not talk to Jaleel since he's committed, but this is another another tidbit I got from talking to 
his coaches, you know, one of the things that Mario's talking about all the stuff they're built, they're going to bring, right. He's talking about the idea of building practice facilities and stadiums on campus, whether it's all going to happen, who knows, but you know, he, he's, he's talking about just the, he is selling the idea of the investment, right. He's selling his own vision, but he's also selling the idea that, that we've been hearing that, that obviously has fans excited that the school is going to really take football seriously. That, that is all part of the pitch that Miami, it sounds like, is making right now to, to get these elite, you know, when, when you're battling Alabama, when you're battling Georgia, when you're battling Clemson, you got to be able to sell that stuff because yeah. those then, schools, it's, it's implied and, that they're going to have the best facilities, the best everything. Yeah. And then when you get a, a victory, right, you get the Alabama kid. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a little, it helps. It helps the next one makes it yeah. easier. Yeah. The, moment, the re- recruiting momentum is real. You can debate whether momentum is real in sports. Recruiting momentum is real. Yeah. You've seen, I mean, you, every one of Miami's good classes is struck, like has snowballed like that. Where it's, you know, the, the 18 class, all those kids commit in the summer and the 21 class last year, uh, you know, James Williams commits in like April or May, whatever it was. And then everyone's in the class. It seems like. And, and then we, and there are still, and there are going to be more, like Mario said, there's going to be more. Yeah. yeah they, they've, and I'm sure kids are going to leave. They're going to be kids that all of a sudden leave um, because probably this, uh, you know, this this group of coaches or whatever, um, this regime, yeah, they're not so interested in certain kids, and they kind of let it be known. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ahmad Moten from from Cardinal Gibbons is uh, a new kind of target out there for Miami. Offered pretty recently, um, put him in his top five the other day. Um, yeah, so so they're they're this class. What I don't remember what was the number Mario said he wanted to get to, like sixteen to twenty two or something like that. Like it yeah. kind of felt unrealistic. I think um, he said sixteen. I think I think he said it would probably be like sixteen to twenty. Sixteen to twenty, like kind of felt unrealistic when we were talking that day with only eight guys in this class, but um, a lot of names have popped up in the last uh, couple of weeks here that that now you, you can kind of see, and, and I think. I think fewer guys signed in the early signing period this year than, than have in, in recent years. It, I don't know that for sure, but just anecdotally, it feels like there are more big names out there. Um, as guys are kind of realizing, like, why would I sign when so much is going to change between December 15th and February 2nd, when I can just wait till February 2nd? Like, use as long as you've got the leverage, like the cachet to do that. You know, if you're a guy like Shamar Stewart, who's the number, you know, top 10 player in the country. But, um, you know, it, it means that there's some there's good names available still in a way that uh, it didn't feel like there was like the first couple of years of the early signing period. It felt like whatever happened in December was what happened. And then February, you could maybe add like one quality piece like Miami could add could very reasonably add if we're counting like the January guys. Right. Right as still like coming they really could add like two or three more like top 100 type guys maybe more you know they're they're in on a, a tackle from what you know a five-star tackle from washington josh connerly um who, who they've offered and are recruiting didn't commit you know he's, he's uncommitted going to the break so like there's obviously i mentioned cyrus moss kevin coleman shamar stewart good good names available that miami had no shot at obviously before mario and now they're not necessarily the favorites, but they're in the mix for all of them. How about David? Some of the silent 
what do they call silent? Silence. Well, that would be Kevin yeah. Coleman potentially right now, right? Or or Cyrus. Right. Moss. Although I think it was reported that Cyrus Moss did not sign yet. Um, he's just got to come. Ah, right, right. Right. So, uh, uh-huh. but Kevin Coleman, if he's signed on Friday, he is a silent commit somewhere. And that that's why I, I kind of think he, I don't know this for sure, but it sounds like he's Miami's got him locked up the way that all those kids were tweeting on, on Saturday. Right. They just want to make the big, the big splash, right? Yeah. He's scheduled to commit, I guess, NBC, I think is what the all American bowl is on. So. Uh-huh. Do it at the bowl game is, is the biggest spot to do it, basically, other than signing day. Throw up the U, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Uh, follow her for all the latest on uh, Miami's COVID situation with the Sun Bowl. Um, fortunately, you don't celebrate Christmas, so you got plenty of time to, uh, to, to be reporting. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me. People I know do. <laughs> yeah, you, you get the scoop because everyone else is busy. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, I don't know. I'm, I've been kind of quiet week, other than some recruiting stuff. Let, letting you handle the uh, the the big COVID stories, and we'll see if we get uh, get to talk to some guys next. Talk to some players next week. Um, but as we of now, we're, we're, we're in a holding pattern. It feels like so. Yes, it does. Yeah, so so we can finish there. Uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Everybody have a have a great and safe Christmas. 